Welcome to the Geek to Geek Podcast, where we'll see if we remember how to podcast. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beej. My memory's bad. I don't remember anything ever. <laughs> Today, I don't know what we're talking about. It's been a while. Life has been crazy for me, and so I have... I- everything conspired against me for recording a bunch of times in a row so it's a grab bag today we'll see where we land but i think we're gonna kick off with um a couple of just like recent games that you and i've been playing like stuff Mm -hmm. that's a little bit more up to date than other things right so yeah you have one called the magnificent truffle pigs and i've never heard of it so let's start there which is actually really surprising because I figured that as much as you kind of pay attention to indie games that this one would have. I don't know when this one came out, though. Uh, we just kind of found it on Switch. Uh, we were looking through the eShop one day and one night and Jennifer wanted something to play. And she saw a game called The Magnificent Truffle Pigs. Knowing nothing else about it, she clicks in and watches the trailer for it. Um, and it's basically Firewatch, but it's English with a metal detector. Like you're going around uh, looking around a farm for for keepsakes and things like that uh, while you're talking to someone over a walkie talkie and kind of experiencing this story and it all being uh, interactive together. And it's just a walking simulator. And I think we beat it the first night. Well, she beat it. I sat and watched Jennifer play it uh, because she wanted to. But I mean, it's a walking simulator. It's basically the same thing. And so she beat it in about two hours, maybe three hours and just one playthrough very simple uh it's really interesting and fun just the way that it's put together i mean the gameplay can get repetitive because you're metal detecting you walk and then you listen for beeps and you find the stuff but just having the characters and having this kind of narrative walking simulator it's really really good cool it i mean it sounds like one that if you're in the right mood for it could be a great game Yep, and we wanted something chill. Like, she wanted something chill to play. I didn't want to watch anything really manic. And so after doing a couple of demos, which we'll talk about later, um, we saw this one, and it was like, that is exactly what this what we need that night and it was great the acting was great it had uh i know that the male character is arthur darville from uh, doctor who he plays uh rory on doctor who of uh and i can't remember which season it is four four and five like that yeah it's uh but he he's great i love rory and doctor who and so he's fantastic as a voice actor as well and i can't remember who plays the lady but she is also fantastic so i i highly recommend getting the magnificent truffle pigs it was cheap i want to say it was under i think it was five dollars maybe if not cheaper than that at the time uh so if you see it on the eShop for sale and you liked firewatch uh this is a good one just to have a quick a quick hit of uh just a really chill uh pretty pretty walking simulator Cool. Nice. Well, speaking of manic games that you don't want to play, I played WarioWare. Get it together. Have you looked at WarioWare at all? The new one? Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the uh, one of the demos that we played before getting uh, getting into Truffle Pigs. It um, it was it's a WarioWare game. It's uh, it's really fun, but it's a WarioWare game. <laughs> and uh, when Jennifer uh, played it, like she didn't know what it was. Like I've played WarioWare games in the past and I really like them. But they're these micro games where they take like three seconds. And so she had never played anything. And I told her, you know, that it was micro games, which she understood as mini games, because why wouldn't she? And she's like, I can't play this. Oh, my God, this is so manic. Like, I can't I just can't deal with this right now. And I'm like, yep. It's a WarioWare game. That's that's what it is. And uh, it's it's gross and funny like that's yeah. what it is. It, so I played it a bunch with my kids. Um, it It is a WarioWare game. It's another WarioWare. It's just that I don't know. I feel mixed on it. Like we had fun with it for a night and then we haven't touched it in like a month since it came out. Right. And it's interesting because like WarioWare can be hit and miss. But I think now that I've seen it as a multiplayer game. I didn't realize how much better it works as a single player game. Um, And there's something about the fact that so in other WarioWare games, if you've played them before, I know you have, but listeners, if you've played them before, um, they're always these like like BJ, BJ said, it's like two to three second games. Like they're really micro. They're not mini. They're micro. They're super short games. And so it's like just you see a thing. It gives you a prompt of maybe a word or two and you just have to react and do a thing in the moment, you know, and it's like twist this or pull that or whatever. And, you know, it's Wario. So they try to make it kind of like 
not disgusting, but like a little bit gross. It's so it's potty like, humor. Yeah, it's like pull this guy's nose hair, right? And you're like, how do I do that? What button do I hit? You know, but it all happens in like a flash, basically. And and you're like, oh my god, I didn't hit the button. And you're yeah. like, how how was I supposed to know? And then it's like, uh, then it's just yeah. flashes of of gameplay that sometimes you get and sometimes you don't. Yeah, and then, I mean, you learn the games, and then it remixes them, and then it puts a bunch of them that you have learned back-to-back, and that can be fun to compete against yourself or compete against a friend. This one changes things by actually putting, like, characters in the game, and you control the characters instead of directly doing an action on the game. And so Mm -hmm. each character controls differently, and it's kind of to the game's, like, detriment, but it also makes it unique, so... I, I don't know. I feel mixed on it because you can play as Wario who has like a jetpack and you can fly around and then you can charge into stuff or you can play as somebody who does a different kind of flying move or you can play as this guy who literally can't move and can only shoot discs out of his head or you play as a different character that doesn't fly but it goes along the ground and it just goes back and forth nonstop and you can't control anything except a hook shot and it's like there are so many different modes of controlling these characters that it adds another level of complexity to a game that's already a little bit too frenetic, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. super fast paced and it like pushes it over the top from enjoyable to frustrating a lot of the time. And then the other thing that we ran into is that like some of the characters are just not suited for some of the games. Like their control method might not match up with that micro game at all. And it gets really frustrating when you feel like it was the character's fault because it's not a good control scheme instead of it was your fault for not executing on it. So I don't know. I, I feel mixed. If you like WarioWare, if you have always liked WarioWare, maybe check this one out. But I wouldn't recommend it for the multiplayer factor because, like, I, we didn't have a fantastic time with it. Like I said, we played it. My kids and I played it. Um, I think it was two nights that we played it. And then we just haven't gone back to it at all. So it's a mixed bag. Now, with this one, like, I only played the demo of it, and I can't remember. I mean, the demo when you're doing it for something like that, uh, when you're just showing somebody what uh, what WarioWare is, basically, uh, is fine. But was this a $60 game? I can't remember how much it costs. It's slightly less. It's like 40 or 50 but it, it's close. Okay. I want to say it's 50 I don't think it's a full 60 Yeah, so, like, I think you might be able to grab it at Walmart for 40 then. Because uh, I think they do a ten dollar discount on Switch games, or at least they used to. So that's something that uh, that that also factors into this kind of game is whether or not it's a it's worth the money to you. Like a lot of people who play party games and multiplayer games might get a lot more mileage out of it than somebody like you or me who will play them very occasionally, or like you'll play with your kids, but it's uh it's not something that you do like really, really regularly with this kind of game. Yeah, and I played it a little bit single player and it just felt like oh like why why are there even this layer of characters in here now like it's obviously that they added that component of control of these different characters because they want you to be playing it multiplayer and so yeah yeah, it kind of messed with me but i did want to talk about a game that i have been having fun with that like i've been picking away at because i've been working way too much which is why i haven't had a chance to record um so this is a game that i probably if i was not in crazy work mode i might have blasted through in a weekend um but it's death loop so i have been just playing like an a couple hours here and there in it and i'm not sure if i'm gonna finish it or not but i would say based on what i've heard for playtime from other people i'm probably halfway to three quarters of the way through the game so i have a really good feel for it have you Uh. looked at death loop at all I've looked at it, I've watched videos of it, and it is not the kind of game that I would want to play, but it is incredibly interesting to see like the the graphic style, the art style is just really striking. The gameplay looks really interesting, it's just not my kind of game that I will stick with for any considerable amount of time. And this is why I wanted to talk about it, because... As soon as I started playing this game, I was like, BJ would not like this game, but he would find it interesting. (laughs) And Uh, that's exactly where I landed and what I was going to say to you. But you got there on your own, which I figured you would if you had seen it before. So, yeah, it's a first person shooter, um, but it's really like a first person stealth or shooter, depending on how you want to play it. If you've ever played Dishonored or Dishonored 2 um, or any of like the new Prey games, this is from the same studio as those. And so it's that immersive. I don't I don't know why it's called immersive sim, but that first person immersive sim genre um is like where this one fits in and um it's different because those games you play through a level once and you're just like working your way through it this it sets it up so there's a death loop hence the name of the game um Mm -hmm. if you die you loop back to the beginning of the day 
But also, if you make it to the end of the day, you make it back to the beginning of the day. And so the way they have it divided up is that there's four different areas on this island, and there's four different times of day. So if you math it out, you have 16 different levels, essentially, that you can play. Even though you're using the same map for you know the location right. every time, the location changes over the time and over the course of the day. And the main plot point is that this island is step stuck in a loop where the same day loops over and over forever. And um, it's been created that way by this group of people called visionaries. And so there's like eight visionaries and you don't know how long it's been going on, but um, you essentially wake up and it acts as the first loop of you remembering that there are loops going on. Um, And so it's it's you have memory of everything that's happening day to day and so you remember each loop nobody else does except for one other character that's kind of your nemesis in the game and okay and so your overall objective is you wake up and there's plot but whatever i mean what it lands on is that like you need to kill all eight of the visionaries in one day um and if you can do that you can break the loop uh, supposedly that's what you're kind of aiming for and so it becomes this game about trying to figure out how do you get all of them in enough of the right places at the same time that you can take them all out in one day because by default you can't do it unless you position things right because you only get four levels right because as soon as you go visit one place in the morning then noon comes around and so you get like four levels that you can go into and it's what order do i do in these and what do i do in each level in what order to position everybody to do like one final loop where i can take them all out and so it almost has hitman vibes but not not in like the puzzle game way that i love to learn a system this is much more of a narrative way where it will hold your hand it will give you waypoints like basically if you just keep following the waypoints and like it gives you leads it gives you you know here's a lead if you want to go acquire like the next special power or here's a lead if you want to do the next thing about this visionary and if you just keep following all of those leads to the end of the path it seems like it will eventually get you to the point where it will like construct the perfect loop for you and i think i'm very close to that point um so people that i know that absolutely love immersive sims were saying oh the way to play this game is to turn off all the waypoints and ignore them completely and figure it out on your own if that were the case i would have bounced off this game in a couple hours i need the waypoints i need that goal i need the objective right but by having those on because i have a clear goal i'm having a lot more fun with the game because like i'll try to do it and i'll mess it up i'm like okay i'll go take another swing at that goal you know this time with this person that i'm going after or figuring out this piece of information or acquiring this new piece of gear that kind of thing so yeah i mean that sounds interesting like as a as a as a concept like i didn't know how it all tied together in terms of the story with the gameplay and all of that. Like, I really like the idea of it going back and all being tied around more of a narrative than you get in Hitman. Because Hitman has a story, but every individual level is so self-contained within that story that no matter which way you go back to the, the world, back to that level, like Paris or whatever, it's still that part of the story. Like, even, like, there's no extra part of it at day or night or anything like that. Like, there seems to be in Deathloop. Yeah, and it's cool, too, because, like, you uncover more information, and it'll be like, okay, you'll be in evening, right? So if you classify it, I always forget what they're called, but it's basically, like, morning, noon, evening, and nighttime. So, like, if you're in evening and you go to, like, face off with a visionary or go infiltrate their whatever they're based out of, and you, like, go and dig into all their files or you find something in where they live, and you're like, oh, I learned something new about them. I need to go interact with X at Y. I'm trying to avoid spoilers here. Um... But you realize, oh, to do that, I have to do that in the morning. And it's like, okay, well, the next time I loop around, when I get back to morning, I'm going to come back to this location and things will be different, but then I can interact with this thing. And so, yeah, it's almost about acquiring information as much as it's about like actually taking them out or acquiring gear or weapons or any of that. And the other thing that makes it not as frustrating as it could be, they could have built this as a roguelike where you just start over completely from scratch every time. If they had done that... I would have bounced off this game in a couple hours also. But they include this mechanic, which I'm glad someone told me about this up front because it's not obvious until you get out of the intro like two hours of the game. But it's the very first thing you do after that intro is they have a mechanic where they have this like in-game currency that you build up over the course of a loop. And 
whenever like your day finishes um you can use this in-game currency to infuse like a weapon or a special ability or um you know like your character trinket or your weapon trinket and so if you infuse something with this it will always stay with you forever so you are building your arsenal of powers and weapons over time and you know it has loot in it like you start out with gray weapons and then you get purple ones and you eventually get gold ones and you know it's that kind of loot cycle um, but kind of it, a looter shooter almost like almost. in terms of grabbing the different tiers of weaponry like is it random or is it kind of set that you get through um it's a little bit of both like any individual enemy the ai is not super smart for but they will try to like they'll send a bunch of people after you and um that'll overwhelm you but also the visionaries take more to take out and so a lot of the time, if you take out a visionary, it's like they'll drop a specific gun that's really good or something like that. Okay. Um, And then the special powers in the game, they're called slabs, but the slabs are owned like by the visionaries. So you take out a visionary to get that special ability, but while you're fighting them, they are using that special ability against you. So gotcha. it, it kind of, you know, there's different levels of challenge there. And then the other thing they do, which is really interesting to me, is they do... um it's called like loop pressure or something. I don't remember it. They make up a reason for it in game. But what it (laughs) means is that the more visionaries you take out in a given loop, the better all of the equipment is going to be on the rest of the guys that you encounter. So if you manage to take out a couple visionaries in the morning and a couple visionaries in the afternoon, by the time you get to evening, all of the grunts you're facing are equipped with much better weapons and trinkets, which means they're harder to kill, but it also means that if you take them out, you're going to get a lot better gear. And so you naturally just build up better gear as you get further along in the story because you're able to take out more in a given loop. So it's been... Okay, that makes a lot of sense. It's been really interesting, and I like the structure. I really like the the like meta-narrative that they're telling throughout it. I'm having fun with the progression. I don't think it's like amazing game of the year material for me just because i'm not a huge fan of immersive sims that are first person shooters like this um a a lot of my friends who are like oh this is the best one i've ever seen it's my game of the year hands down those are people that really like first person stealth games that are immersive sims so i will say your mileage may vary but if you are a fan of dishonored or prey or dishonored 2 or prey whatever the spinoff is death of the outsider um stuff like that Mm. or i think it's dishonored path of death of the outsider anyway if you like any of those modern games um you will absolutely love this game just based on what i've played and what i know my friends are enjoying and the type of people they are so i wanted to put it out there as a recommendation for a game that i think is good but i can see how it would be absolutely great for the right kind of person yeah and not for me at all but like this is the kind of game that i would play on a steam return like, I would play it. I'd be like, oh, that's what this game is. That's pretty cool. And then I would return it or get it in a humble bundle. Or if I see it for $5 on the PlayStation Store in a year or two, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll give that a shot because that sounds like a neat premise. But I'm not going to spend more than probably three hours in it total. Yep. And I think that's about right for you. You would just spend a couple hours and be done. Um, but yep. I want to bring it up because I'm having fun still. And I know a lot of other people would if they just know enough about the game. Uh, yeah. I think we'll call that a main topic. So. Before we move on, don't forget, we have a bunch of stuff around the network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get it sent to you. And we also have a digital magazine, which I have no idea what's going on with because I've been working too much, but BJ might. Um, on patreon.com slash geek2geekcast, you can get uh, our full archive of 13 issues of the Geek2Geek magazine. Uh, it's about gamers and gaming, and this month was about history and our gaming history and things like that. Last month was our, uh, it was the beginning of our second year. It was uh, our issue uh, 12 because we did a double month. So it was all about sequels because we're in our sequel year. Uh, it's really cool stuff. We're really proud of it and um, all of the money goes to the people who write it so uh it's actually we're trying to do a real thing so if you want to support us get more writers get more writing uh you can go to patreon.com slash geek to geek cast and support us it would be wonderful if you did um and that brings us to weekly geekery where we share what we geek out about this week man i should remember how to actually transition uh that sounded close <laughs> enough we'll go with that it's been a while guys yeah um but you've been watching squid game i watched the first episode so okay i need to know about it but also i don't want to be too spoiled on what happens after that okay so i started watching squid game uh it was a little bit i think it might have even been the week it released um 
And I had absolutely no idea that it was like an internet thing when I started watching. I had no idea that this game, this this show was like getting hyped up and was becoming kind of a like the next big, uh, big Netflix show. Uh, anything like that. I had no idea. Uh, it just kind of popped up on Netflix. I watched the individual scene that it played as a preview and I was like, that's weird. And then I went and watched the trailer for it. And I was like, Oh, I am watching that. And I was like, this is my kind of show. And then I just kind of binged it, uh, the next day uh, when Jennifer was at work. And so I was, uh, I was very invested and it's a very simple premise. It is, uh, a show about people who are in financial ruin, massive amounts of debt. Uh, They are recruited for a game that they play voluntarily that gets up to a pot of 45 billion won. Uh, It's Korean, so it takes place in South Korea. Um, And that is roughly $28 million uh, that they're playing for overall. Um, The thing is, they're playing children's games, and uh, if they lose, they die. Like, that's the premise of the game. It's like Battle Royale meets Hunger Games in this weird, like, grotesque twist. And so it was, like, really, really interesting to me. So you've seen the first episode of it. Yes. And I know that your brother was trying to get you to watch it. And when I mentioned it on Twitter, he was like, maybe he'll listen to you, uh, Beej, if he will, if you say he should watch it. (laughs) So I'm curious on, so you've watched the first episode of it. And I want to know what you thought about the first episode before I tell you what I thought about the first episode. Um, I I liked it by the end. Um, the first half of the first episode was a little slow for me, but I was trying to get yep. to the premise. And by the end of that first episode, like the last fifteen or twenty minutes of it, it's uh, it gets to the core premise, and I really liked the show from that point forward. Okay, and did you watch it with dubs or subtitles? The English dubs uh, yeah. with voices or subtitles? I watched it with dubs, and I thought it was really well done. Okay, there are. Okay, let me let me let me say this. There's a huge thing on the internet that I've not read about or uh, read much into. Rather, um, my coworker was actually telling me about it in our weekly meeting because uh, he w- he had been watching it. And his brother had done it uh, versus the subtitles and between the subtitles and dub of this show. I didn't know that there were subtitles when I started watching it. I thought it was just the dub. And the dub is incredibly well done. Like you said, the voice actors are great about 85% of the time. There are, it takes a little bit to get used to watching a, uh, a live action show that has dubs on it because the acting doesn't always quite line up with what you, what the voice is like uh, just in terms of tone. Like you think this person would sound like this, that kind of thing, but the acting is really, really good. Um, But as you move through the show, there are just some voice actors, some choices they make. That's like, well, that's an odd choice that you made for that character. Okay. And you keep going on, but you're invested in the show. You get, you're used to it by then. It's one of those, like you said, you get to the end of the first episode and you're like, okay, I see what they're doing here. Um, if, if you're an anime watcher, it feels like when you're watching an anime and something goes just slightly over the top with the way that they talk, it's like, oh, huh, that's not quite what people would do but all right i see what you're doing there and uh so it gets it's still interesting you're still invested uh but it's like you can notice when they make a weird choice with voice acting that you might not necessarily see with the uh the native inflection and things like that sure Um, yeah i could see that i thought that the the dubs were really well done and i was also running on a treadmill at the time so i didn't want to try to read subtitles that was a big part of it yeah yeah for sure and I'm going to go back and rewatch it uh, with the subtitles because I really liked the show. And it uh, I'm really, really uh, excited to watch it with the subtitles because I want to see those native inflections and see how it changes the story with subtitles versus the, the actual dub. Um, the thing I liked about it, and one that I think you'll really get into this if you watch it, is that the premise itself is super simple. Like the, the actual, what this show was about, the conceit, like I told you what it was, that is the entire show. They, they can't leave and they're playing children's games, uh, for money or they die. Like it's, it's, that's it. So because it's so simple, you're not having to worry about the rules of this game. You're not having to worry about things like in the Hunger Games or whatever, where like they're getting these extra bonuses or, or how everything interacts with one another. It's just like, nope. 
These are kids' games. These are things that are so simple that four-year-olds are playing these. And so you're able to invest in the characters because you're not having to work out in-world logistics. Like, you're not having to figure out, like, how everything ties together because that's just this game. It's uh, the first episode. uh, It's not even a spoiler. The first episode is called Red Light, Green Light. Um Guess what children's game they play in the first one? Yeah, exactly. It's like you don't have to worry about that. Like that's that's what it's called, and that's what they do. So you're invested in how it all interacts with with the how the characters interact and how the narrative and how their stories will interact with them having to play these. And that's where the tension comes from. Like I would watch this show and my blood pressure would rise. Like my heart rate got up during them playing this game, and I'm like, man. I never, I never got that into this playing it when I was a kid, but uh, it's, uh, it's just really, really, really well done in terms of characterization because the premise is so simple and easy to get into. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. I can't wait to watch more. I'm excited. I just haven't had enough time. You're, yep. And when you're on the treadmill, I really suggest that's a really good time to do it because if you're getting your heart rate up anyway, it will be, uh, it's just a good, good way to do it uh, when it's already there. Um, your brother was right. Episode six is brutal. It is brutal <laughs> watching that one. Like that is where the series takes a turn just in terms of punching you in the gut. Like it, and it's not even in the ways that you would think. Like it's not even, it's not even like, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's not even like, oh, it's a game about people dying. Blurp, blurp, blurp. It's like, no, it's just everything about that episode is well done. Episode six is just one that you watch when you're in the the ability to sit down and absorb that episode like it's really good um so i'm i highly recommend this to anyone it's not for kids and it's hyper violent but it's all used in the way that it should be used this isn't something like for where it's gratuitous and graphic but not to the point of uh it being it being uh out of place Everything in this show is shot and done a certain way for a certain reason, and I am, I'm all in. Like I, I really like Korean movies, so it's interesting. Uh, I've never seen Korean TV, and this makes me want to watch more like sci-fi, uh, Korean sci-fi, and things like that. Like this is, I really like this show. I you can't should. wait to hear what you think about the rest of it. I will report back when I watch it. You should talk to Katie on the network about Korean everything. She has very many insights. Um, but that's a yeah. tangent. No, I'm not. I know people, uh, and it's a tangent on this as well, but, like, I'm not a fan of K-pop. Like, the stuff I've heard is fine. Like, I don't dislike it, but it's one of those things where it's like, I, I just don't get into it. But the TV, the, the way that they do TV from South Korea is incredibly interesting to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. So, Katie, holler at me. <laughs> holler at me, girl. Um, and then you've been watching Foundation on Apple TV+. Plus. I don't even know if I know what this one is. Okay, have you ever... Uh, you might um do you have you ever heard of the books the book foundation the foundation series by isaac asimov oh yes Uh, i've heard of it i didn't know if you had read it but i figured you had heard of it at least i've never heard you mention it no i I didn't know if it it, was one of those i haven't read many of the the foundation books and when i did it was probably 20 years ago like i was in in high school and college when i when i discovered those so i don't remember a whole lot other than just basic premise kind of stuff um, this is an adaptation of those books, and it's super well done. That It's on Apple TV+. Plus. It just started coming out. There are three episodes out, and I think they come out every Friday. Um, I got 10, 15 minutes into the first episode, and it takes a little time. It's a slow, slow-burn, serious sci-fi show, so it, it takes a little time to, to ramp up, but it's very good. It's... It, I feel like this is the kind of show that people who liked Game of Thrones would be able to get into it just if they if they like sci-fi even a little. Like this is very sci-fi and it it's just very very good. Um if you've read the Foundation books, um I don't know how now, you know, 20 years out, I don't know how it holds up in terms as an adaptation, but I know that the series itself taking that premise is incredibly well put together and the acting is just superb that um I I I don't know anybody's name except for uh, Lee Pace who plays uh the emperor, who plays the empire and it's it's just great. 
Um, I binged this one as well. Like I watched the first episode uh, after I finished work one day. And then the next day I was, uh, it was actually yesterday when I finished up, I was just like, yep, I'm watching the two of these before Jennifer gets home. And uh, like, it was, it's just really, really good. I, I highly, highly recommend this one. Nice. You too. Like, I think you will really like this one because it's that kind of political intrigue. And uh, also there's a mystery about what's going on and it flashes back and forth between different time periods where you see how the effects of one are, are they come to pass in another. And so it's just, it's crazy good. Like it's, I, I'm really impressed. I hope they, I hope they don't drop the ball because by episode three, they're still going strong. Cool. Yeah, I think I'll add it to my list for. I have a running list of stuff that whenever I pick up a month or two of Apple TV, I'll I'll check it out. I think PS5 owners get six months free. Um, I know I got a year free uh, with my iPad purchase, and so I'm on that. And I'm pretty sure that new PS5 owners uh, still get it because I mean I'm still considered a new PS5 owner apparently. So if you have that, you might be able to just download it and uh, do that whenever you want instead of having to worry about getting it at some point. Cool. You Good know what know. I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, um, I'm also rereading. Well, not rereading. Uh, I'm also reading the Wheel of Time series again. Like I've gotten back into it. Yeah. Uh, Austin was talking about it and I'm about two thirds of the way into book three now. And it's still just as fantastic as I thought it was before. Um, I'm kind of bouncing between the Wheel of Time books and the Dune books. Um, it, it's interesting that the way I put it to Jennifer is that just I've been a reading bit the of Dune light books reading. And- wow. Yeah, just a little bit of light reading. Um, and they're they're both very dense series. Like if you well, if yeah. you don't get the sarcasm on that. Like, oh, I was talking to the to the listeners. Oh. Like if the <laughs> listeners don't know, they're very dense series, both of them. So it, it is bouncing between uh two it's like bounce it it's it's a lot. It's ridiculous. So, it's bouncing between two completely epic series where each book is longer than most normal books are, and they're completely built out like multi whatever. You're reading a lot and very big books. Yes, and the way I put it to Jennifer was that both of these books are so dense, these series are so dense, that I will get bored with one of them because there's so much going on, and then I swap to the other one so that I can get a different kind of boredom. (laughs) And then when I hit that one, I go back to the other one. And it's really, when I get tired of reading one, I go to the other, and that one's new and interesting again. And so I'm on the Wheel of Time side of it right now um, in book three, and I really, really like it. Um, I'm really frustrated with the character, Matt. I don't like him, and I don't want him to have points of view anymore, so they need to stop it. And then uh, Dune Messiah is the second time. I'm on book three of it. I'm on um, um, Children of Dune now, but I finished Dune Messiah, and I like it better than the other times I've read it. Um, but it still doesn't have a plot. It drives me crazy because this book doesn't have a friggin' plot. It doesn't move from point A to point B to point C. It is a story bridge that takes book one to book three. Like it's kind, it feels like an extended interlude rather than something that has a narrative arc of it of its own. There are individual character arcs that go short that are short, but in terms of a book, I don't know why this is a book. Like I understand, well, I understand why it's a book, but it shouldn't be a, a standalone book. It should be somehow integrated into both of those other books the way that it works. Like it frustrates me because it's nothing but a bridge. And every time I've read it, I've thought this and it's better this time because of I'm older. I see more. I've read them so much, but it's uh, it's very, uh, very much a, a bridge between the first and third novels, which are fantastic. And I'm on the third one now of it as well I, as I bounce between my two epic series of density. I could not read the way that you're reading right now. Like it's uh, and I read before bed. So this is what helps me go to sleep. Um, like I'm reading on my Kindle in the dark while, uh, while I'm in bed. So that makes it even better somehow. All right. Sure. Um, anything else you've been up to? Uh, we're just rewatching new girl. We decided that we wanted to rewatch a comfort TV show. So, uh, things are really serious. We've been having a lot going on with our family. Uh, there's been uh, just a lot of, uh, I don't want to say drama, but there's just been a lot of tension 
and stress. And so we wanted to go to a show that we knew made us laugh. And so we hadn't rewatched it. I've rewatched it more than her uh, because of working at home and just keeping something on in the background. But uh, she hadn't rewatched it all. And so we're watching all seven seasons of it. And it's just one of those shows that makes me cackle. Like it's nice just to be able to turn something silly on for a little while at night and just cackle and uh, relax like that. So uh, I love New Girl. Cool. So, um, that's that's basically what I've been up to lately. That's good. And building Legos. I build a lot of Legos now. Yeah. Um, I'm buying like, and selling things like that. So I feel like I have, uh, I'm not going to talk about it here because it would become a whole other episode. I could talk about a whole episode <laughs> of Final Fantasy 14 stuff. So I think I'm going to skip it this week for Geekery. But I'm the same way. Right. Where it's like the thing I'm doing off to the side with 90% of my time that I'm not actually talking about at the moment is uh, Final Fantasy 14. So just know that's going on in the background. Yep. But uh, I want to talk about, I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast because i looked back at our show notes but just to make sure have i talked about the invisible life of addy larue i don't think so if you did i don't remember it at all so this is my favorite book of the year it's the best book i've read this year i think it came out uh, a year or two ago so it's like newer but it didn't actually come out this calendar year which is fine because it's new to me and it's about um a woman named addy larue and she basically makes a deal with like uh kind of it's never really truly explained but it's some kind of old god type figure um that she finds and so she's born in the what was it 16 or 1700s in france and um doesn't like the life she's about to step into and basically wishes that she could have the freedom to like leave it and she makes this deal with um this old god type creature where um she gets freedom and basically the way it manifests is that she is immortal she can't die but she cannot be remembered and so as soon as she steps out of sight of anybody, they lose all memory of her. And so it's about this woman who is has gone through life and she's basically stayed in her mid-20s, right? Because she doesn't age. Um, and she's gotten to experience all of these different countries and languages and time periods and, you know, history that's happened around us. And it's set in um, modern day, but it constantly has flashbacks to her life in all these different time periods and time places. And it's not into super ancient history. It's only to like, like I said, it's like the 16 or 1700s is kind of where it starts. And, um, you know, it's about her floating through life and like how, it's it's both good and bad and it has all these challenges because she's cursed so she can't be remembered so it's like she can never truly have a home right she can never really have a job mm-hmm. and it's fascinating because it's kind of this meditation on what kind of imprint can somebody leave on the world and so she finds ways she finds the edges of the curse where she can get away with like influencing things and leaving a mark on the world where it's not direct but she she likes to like go and try to be the inspiration for somebody's art and then she'll show up like a version of her in art over time right even though they mm. forgot her after that day but they've written something down or they've drawn a picture um it's it's things like that and so it's this interesting meditation on that for a while and then what happens is partway through the book she finds somebody else who's cursed in a in a different way but their curses are almost like complementary opposites of each other so while they're together they cancel out their curse for each other so she ends up with one person that can remember her and the other person gets one person who doesn't treat him differently based on his curse and so then it becomes a story about them together and what that means for them and it's it's just so well done and i can't do it justice with words but it's a fascinating book and it was really really good and it is by far the best book that i've read this year it's definitely going to be on my like end of the year best of the rest list so is it standalone please tell me it's totally standalone it's a standalone story it has a good beginning middle end and then you're done with it Good, because you, the way you talk about this makes me want to really pick it up, but it doesn't make me want to invest in a series about this. Nope. Like, I could see this being a literary book of uh, that that's, like you said, telling a story with a good beginning, middle, and end, but I could also see it losing so much if it were drawn out over three books, let's say. No, exactly, and, and I'm glad it's not. It's, it's a standalone book. It's really well done. It doesn't overstay its welcome, and but the author is now on my list, right? Like, I'm going to check out the next thing the author writes because I'm super interested. Who is it? I don't is know. It a new I, author I was or afraid you were going to ask me that. I didn't write that down, and it's been a while since I read it. But Allow me to Google this. 
V.E. Schwab. Yes. I'm not familiar with uh, with the writer, but I think I've heard their name before. Um, either way, I'm going to read this book. It's fantastic. I loved it. It was great. Um, so I had to get that recommendation out into the world. And then I also wanted to hit really quick on, and I won't go deep into either of these because they're both fairly recent and I don't want to give spoilers or too much away, but um, Marvel What If and Star Wars Visions. And in my mind, mm. they're very similar because and they're not at the same time, but they're very similar because it's both anthology series that are kind of a tangent away from the main series, right? So Marvel What If, if you guys don't know, it's um, What If XYZ happened in the Marvel Universe. And so it's a bunch of like multiverses out there where something different happened. And one of the ones they gave away early on, so it's probably fair game to talk about because it's the first episode, is what if instead of Captain America getting the super soldier serum, it was Peggy that got the super soldier serum. And then she becomes mm-hmm. like Captain, is it UK or Captain Britain or something uh, like that? Uh, Captain Carter Captain is what Carter, they call her yes. uh, later on. That's it. Um, and so it's stuff like that. And every episode is standalone. And then actually Marvel, what if kind of tries to tie it together at the end just for fun, but it doesn't have to, you could watch each episode standalone. And I found both of these series because star Wars visions, let me back up. Star Wars visions is they took star Wars and they went to a bunch of like very well-known animation studios, um, or I should say anime studios in Japan and said, do you want to make something in the star Wars universe? Like, whatever like not completely whatever but much more wide open than most star wars creators are given and uh, they all said yes and so they made it's just an anthology of like 15 to 20 minute star wars stories and those are also hit and miss and so it's weird because i i think that both of these series are hard to recommend just flat out because they're not great all the way through but they have real high points in there and so that's what i want to talk about is the fact that if it sounds interesting to you, go check it out. But I will say that the Marvel What If episode about Doctor Strange was fantastic. I absolutely yes. love that one. Did you see that one? Oh, yeah. We finished up all of it last night. The okay. season finale uh, aired last night. No, it aired yesterday. It came out. And so we finished it all up. And it is definitely, to me, the weakest of the Marvel TV shows that uh, it has more low points than any of them. Yeah. Um, it's still very well done. It still has tells some fantastic stories, and it's very experimental in a lot of different ways. Um, and not to not to really spoil, but uh, but have you seen all of it? I I've been spoiled on the end, so it's fine. I haven't seen the last couple, but I understand what happens. Well, I wasn't even going to spoil what happens. It's just that, like, they bring it together. Like, all of these separate multiverse stories that were standalone as an anthology series, uh, toward the last, like, three episodes, I think, they start bringing them together to where it's more of a cohesive uh, universe of these multiverses. And so it's uh, they, they do a really good job. Everything is put together really well. I really like the way that they've done it, but it's still, there are individual episodes. Like, I didn't like, there's a Marvel Zombies episode. I don't like it. I don't like Marvel Zombies, the comic. I didn't like it when it was new in the Ultimate Fantastic Four comics. I just, that's not my thing. Um, I got bored during it and didn't really in any of the others. The Star-Lord T'Challa episode is the best send-off for Chadwick Boseman that I that they could have done that it is not a story about him being Star-Lord it is a story about the impact that T'Challa as a person made and and can make and it is very fitting because of the things that I've heard everyone say about Chadwick Boseman who played him and so I am very glad they did certain things with this series um that said there are some real weak points in it as well like (laughs) i'd said and uh the uh the um dr strange episode though is really good like that's my favorite episode of the series as well i think like just watching them and which one was the best done i think that it was uh absolutely the dr strange episode yeah, I felt like the other episodes I was watching and I was like, eh, that was kind of interesting or this is a fun take on it. But I'd still glance at my phone or kind of like talk to my kids during it. And because I watch all these with my kids um, and then the Doctor Strange episode, it was like from the first couple minutes, we were just invested. Like my kids and I didn't say a thing the entire time. We were just like completely 100 percent into the story in a way that I don't remember the last time something grabbed my attention like that. So I love yeah. that episode. It was fantastic. And 
I think that the Marvel What If is easier to recommend than Star Wars Visions because Star Wars Visions yes. has more low points than Marvel What If does. Um, and I know you bounced off Visions. You tried an episode or two and then you haven't gone back, right? Yeah, I haven't gone back. We watched the first episode of it, which is beautiful, but we Slow. I couldn't care. Um, I loved the art style in the very first episode, but we stopped. It was it's a 16 minute episode. We were like, how much longer is this going to last? And we looked and we're eight minutes in. We we're halfway through. And we we're just like, I don't care enough to finish this. And so we turned it off and started the next one. Uh, episode two is about a Star Wars uh, punk band and like alt rock punk band. Like I loved it. Like, I loved that one. Like, it wasn't something like that was uh, like like the best Star Wars thing I've ever seen or anything like that. But it was cute. And I just haven't cared enough to go back to any of the others. Um, You told me to go back and watch a particular one called The Ninth Night, I think is what it was called. Yeah, it's um, like it's The Ninth Jedi, I think is what it's called. Ninth Jedi. And that is. And so I need to go see it because you said it was the best one in the out of all of them. It's the best. It's my favorite. I think it's the high point out of all of them. It's very well done. And the thing is, as I'm watching through them, I was having a lot of the same reactions that I do to just anime in general, where it's so hit and miss person by person and like which style resonates with you, what kind of storytelling, what pace they're going for. So if you're an anime fan, I'm sure one of these will resonate with you more than the others. But if you're not a general anime fan, which I'm not and you aren't really like you and I like very certain kinds if they resonate with us in the right way. I feel like there might be one or two episodes for each person, which is kind of what happened to me. There was one episode I thought was, oh, that was pretty good. It was the twins. Um, That one was the one that I was like, oh, that was was a pretty good episode. Um, And then there was one that just totally like clicked for me. And that was the ninth Jedi. That was the one that I was like, I would go back and rewatch this because it was very well done. Um, And then all the other ones I was kind of like, eh, that was an episode of anime. (laughs) You know, yeah, which is sad to say for something that's Star Wars that I wanted to like more than I did. Um, but it's now, worth putting out there just because there's something there for a lot of people. With this, is it canon? Are they including these within the canon or are they separating it out into something that is just an experiment? I don't know. I think they're probably canon, but it says they're inspired by, not part of. So I don't know. I assume yeah. they're canon, but they would just say that these all happened like way before or way after anything that we know in the Star Wars yeah. universe, because that's probably the easier and safer way to do it. And I saw last night, I didn't know it was out yet. I knew it was coming out um, in that same vein of Disney plus Star Wars stuff. There is a Halloween special uh, for Lego Star Wars um, where Poe and BB-8 uh, go searching for Darth Vader's castle and uh, it's a kind of a uh, like a treehouse of horror kind of episode from The Simpsons. It's 46 minutes long. I watched the trailer last night and it looks really fun. Um, I'm really excited to uh, to watch it because it looks really cool. And it's come, it came out this year. It may have come out this week. Um, like I knew it was coming, but I uh, hadn't realized it had been released yet. So that's something to definitely watch. Yeah, I got to check that one out. I didn't watch the Star Wars Christmas. They did a Lego Star Wars Christmas episode last year that uh, we never sat down and watched because of uh, tragedy. And so this year i'm definitely going to do that one too yeah um and then one more quick recommendation and then i gotta get back to work because that's how my life is these days but i i picked up a a new app called webtoons which i'm not the first one to pick it up it's i guess widely known and it's been around for a while it's new to me and um webtoons are basically like comics or web comics but they're formatted for modern phones so instead of thinking of page turning think about infinite scrolling the way that you do on social media or an article or whatever the thing that you do all day every day on your phone when you're scrolling that's the kind of motion you're using to look through these webtoons and so i think i love this format because it just works it just works on your phone everything is formatted for the phone anytime i feel like i'm reading like a manga or manga or um a comic on my phone it just never feels right it never fits i always feel like i'm fighting against the format this is like what if comics and web comics were actually formatted for the way people use modern phones in portrait mode and it just fits and so i grabbed the app because of one specific thing that was in there that i wanted to check out and it's called wayne family adventures and wayne family adventures is a slice of life comic about batman but it's not really about batman Uh. it's about all of batman's not offspring but all of his what would you call them all the robins batman family yeah like the night wings the damien the batgirl the you know like there's like three or four robins it's about them and all of them and their interactions like in the wayne family like manner and like out and about so it's never really about fighting crime or about doing batman things it's about what happens before and after that 
It's like there's there's one where they all get back from they're like, oh, you know, our tradition after a night of fighting crime and the whole like episode, not episode, I guess it's a issue or whatever. What's the the whole webtoon was about them <laughs> kind of like fighting over the last cookie because they were all having like sweets and desserts after they got back after a night of fighting. crime, <laughs> And it's just perfect. It's just fantastic. So overall webtoons are cool i need to investigate them more so i'm not like going out on a limb saying webtoons the app is amazing because i don't know yet but this specific thing within it wayne family adventures 100 percent, two thumbs up for me i highly recommend it it's great i am downloading it right now actually okay uh, that sounds great like i'm i'm super interested in that kind of technology that kind of uh, storytelling and I'm not a fan of the Marvel Unlimited, uh, like the way that they've done the specific ones they've designed for online. It's just not a great um, format anyway. And that seems like it might work much better. So I'm going to give it a shot today. Yeah. And the the way that they have the payment model set up is kind of weird. I haven't fully got my head around it. It's like they unlock for active series. They unlock more issues or more episodes or whatever they call them every week but you can pay to move ahead and so it's like if you get really invested you can like pay them a little money to like get a couple issues ahead that haven't been released publicly yet so it's like they have a weird payment model where it's like you pay them and you get a bunch of coins then you can spend the coins to get ahead on certain series and again i'm not vouching for the whole app i'm just saying that like go read the stuff that's available publicly for free in wayne family adventures and you'll probably have a good time yeah, and I'm I'm looking at it right now. Like it, it looks at what you like in terms of art style and and tone and uh, genre to be able to uh, recommend things. So I'm clicking some in to see what it uh, what it gives me, and I'm gonna watch uh, Batman fight after a cookie. Yes, perfect. I need to hear what you think about this, and I will probably report back with more webtoon stuff later because I want to investigate it more when I'm out of my busy season at work. And with that, I got to get out of here because. Work is nonstop these days. You guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. I forgot how to podcast and didn't have it open. Uh, we also have some great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, make sure to check all of our original content. We have blogs and video game reviews and just everything. We have something coming out almost every day on the website. It is fantastic. And our digital magazine on Patreon. I blog at A Green Mushroom, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And I also co-host the Dragon Quest FM podcast, a show about the Square Enix RPG series. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. 